Welcome to Oh You Don't Know, a podcast about unknown and unlikely origins, where everything from chewing gum to tridents is discovered and uncovered. What's the origin of mini golf? Who discovered cheese? Why did burgers even got those sesame seeds? These are the kind of questions we ask, but there is a catch. One of the stories is fake, and you've got to figure out the rest. Basically, me and my partner find these topics, and we make two stories. One is A, the other B. One is made up, the other is the true origin. And if you could guess correctly, is what we'll see. Welcome to the first episode of Oh You Don't Know. You heard the basic plan from the intro, but if you don't understand it, you'll figure it out. Plus, this is our first episode anyways. Enough on that, however, it's, for, for it's time for us to talk about tacos, which happens to be my topic. See, I was interested in the origin of uh, tacos. Um, you always see, specifically hard shell tacos, because you always see them in stores and you see it's a very Americanized thing. So I naturally was curious on what, where do ta- hard shell tacos come from. We know where tacos come from, but hard shell tacos. So let's get right into our first story, which I'll refer to as Story A. Oh, yeah. Our story ta- starts with a little person named Glenn Bell. I'm not sure if that name sounds familiar, Bell, but uh, for those of you who really frequent dingy taco places with Baja Blast, that should be familiar. Anyway, it starts with a little uh, lad called Glenn Bell, whose aunt was Spanish. Um, not Mexican, Spanish. But the thing that actually comes out of this story is that although Glenn's aunt was Spanish, before she actually moved to the United States from Spain, she had div- actually divorced what well, was Glenn's uncle, and he moved to Mexico. So, although the aunt and uncle hated each other, Glenn Bell, as a family trip, went to Mexico one time. This was in, like, the 1940s, like, basically. Um, and while he was there, he came across, you know, soft tacos. They did exist in America, but only in places like, you know, California and places like that. And um, he, he started to appreciate the culture enough. Uh, so then when he actually came back, as is one of his first jobs, well, not really first, but one of his, like, jobs, he was like, 20-ish, he worked at a local, very small Mexican restaurant, and it was pretty dis- discriminated against, and it's not like he was even Mexican, but he was, had some Spanish blood, just a tiny bit, so we worked there. And when he did work there, he found out that they, you know, made soft tacos, but that it took forever, and sometimes the employees would complain about how long the soft tacos were taking. So naturally, because oh, they actually fried things there, he thought maybe it would be a better idea just to start frying their food. They didn't really like it that much, but they're a very traditionalist. But at this time, it was now 1950s, and McDonald's had basically begun their debut, and McDonald's was making big, fat stacks. And you have young entrepreneur Glenn Bell, whose dad was kind of, could get him into the business. He was a businessman. And so, as you have probably guessed, he started what is known as, uh, today as Taco Bell. And it actually had trouble getting big due to the extreme racism at the time. Um, and it got a lot of hate from some true Mexicans as well, not only because he was not even Mexican, he was Spanish, but also because, you know, it's a hard shell taco. Like, that's basically a travesty. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Baja Blast, I wasn't able to exactly find out where that became big, but I did know that due to the Coca-Cola, it was also a big place just because of its inclusion of soda. So that's the first story, A. I'm not going to tell you story B yet, but what what is your general first impressions on that story? You know, I kind of always wondered where Taco Bell came from, necessarily, and knowing how that, like, knowing how easy it is to make a hard shell taco, like, without people really caring about the quality of the shell itself, it, it makes a lot of sense, knowing how fast food kind of took off then. At least that's just to my understanding, though. Yeah, the quality of, like, I think 
It's just a well-known fact. Fast food's only just generally less quality. And I guess just hard shell tacos naturally went with that. Yeah, hard shell tacos, they just seem more Americanized somehow. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's story A. So, this is story B. Um, actually, both stories uh, start, no matter what, if it's real or fake, this is just a fact that is real. Um, and that's that Mexican 18th century silver mines, they used this gunpowder paper to wrap small explosive charges, and they called them tacos. Not after tacos, but tacos were named after them. Anyways, so here's story B. Story B um, starts in actual Mexico. Oh, nice. With a thing called Tacos Dorados. Golden tacos. And they don't look like the conventional taco, but they're still fried. And this is actual, was a delicacy dish. It was rarer than soft tacos, but it existed, called Tacos Dorados. Um, really just fried tacos. And they were in Mexico for a while. Um, until when some immigration started to open. In 1914, a housewife that I don't even think was uh, of Mexican descent, 1914 publishes a recipe for these fried tacos. And they look terrible. They have like spices, not really any like meat. It's just kind of spices. And it's Bertha, Bertha Ginger. Bertha Ginger publishes this recipe on exotic. And all these people look, ooh, exotic. Um, oh, but it's shortly, they don't get big at all. It, that was just like kind of, kind of take off. And then they, then George. Just to clarify, was it like, yeah. so it was just, just spices kind of in a wrap. Well, no, no, there was, there was some meat in there. But the I, point is, is that they don't, they don't look like modern day tacos. Oh, got it. But it's a little after that George Ashley started making canned tacos in the 1930s. So you might think, how the hell does Sounds canned horrible. tacos work? It's not really canned tacos, it's canned torti tortillas kind of. It's like a sauce. And you put that into a taco mold, and because he, he's no, what's a taco it, mold though? It, it's basically this metal mold that looks like a hard shell taco. You pour that in, you heat it up, and you get a hard shell taco. And so this, these canned tacos were kind of the 1930s, but again, there wasn't really that much inclusion. It didn't like crazy take off or anything. But it did sort of warm up these people to this kind of canned tacos. You know, in the 1930s, you see these, all these weird canned things. And canned tacos was kind of this exotic new wave. And it started to uh, get the people used to it. When then finally, a bunch of people came into San Bernardino <coughs> under new immigration laws. But they were really the first ones to really start making these street tacos. And they were, instead of going against George Ashley, although he didn't, he just kind of made it. Uh, he actually became really successful too. He started as a railroad worker and then started making these tacos. They started making actually big in California. California started to get adopted and that's when it started to get adopted by these like big white dudes which are like, okay, I could actually market this back south, you know? And then after all of that, they were started being to exploit by Taco Bell and Del Taco. But, but one question is left. Where, where did like, does this mean that soft shell tacos came after? No, soft-filled chacos in both stories came before. Soft-filled oh, chacos, right, right. yeah. Okay. It just so the taco anyways, mold threw me off. <laughs> yeah, so that is story A and B. Now, uh, if those in the audience are listening, this is where you would take your guess. But at the same time, we're gonna have uh, our party here take his guess as well. So, where do you think? What? Where do you think the true origin? Do you think it's with Glenn Bell, or do you think it's with Tacos Dorados? All right. Um, I'm gonna need to go with Glenn Bell on this one. I, I feel I feel like that the taco mold really threw me off because it was like it almost seems more futuristic than back then. 
but right. Glenn Bell is almost believable, especially like that whole. You know that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Area. Um, is that your final answer? This is that's my final answer. You are wrong. It is not. Glenn Bell is the name of the founder in Taco Bell, and he did make it big, what? but he is not by any means the inventor. George Ashley really did create a taco mold in 1930 with canned tacos, and so did Bertha Ginger. Um, the, the taco mode came before him, and he did make it big. He's credited with making it big, but he did not mean by any means invent it. Yeah, that's right. Glenn Bell, he's a phony, in fact. He just, he just exploited it. So actually, yeah, Tacos Dorados were actual golden tacos, fried. They started to become big. This railroad worker makes canned tacos, and pretty soon they take off. And that's the actual story of tacos. Wow. So for our listeners, you may I be pretty surprised. Well, I was re- actually researching this. I was even surprised because Glenn Bell was a real person. I completely made up the part about his aunt was Spanish and his uncle was Mexican. Um, that did not exist. But uh, but his actual little stint working at a taco place kind of did. Um, I didn't really look at, back into it, but the place that I got it, he actually did kind of work there before he started exploiting it. So that's the actual story. We're going to take a quick break before we come back. Um, and I believe my partner is talking about, uh, what is it again? The Jersey Devil. Yeah, so and that should be pretty interesting. So we'll be back after the break. All right, and we're back. I hope you enjoyed uh, our short, literally non-existent ad break because we have no ads and basically no followers except you're listening to this. So uh, thank you. Anyways, um, my partner here is going to fill us this on the Jersey Devil, which I have no experience with whatsoever. So anyways, let's hear about that. All right. So the Jersey Devil, as you may know, is a cryptid that originated in, you guessed it, New Jersey. Now, the physical description of this, this might be pretty useful within the stories, is almost like a kangaroo with bat wings and horse hooves. That's, that, that's kind of, it's, I like, that's kind of specific. I like to think of it that way. And there isn't many other depictions of it. It's usually never humanoid, which I thought was pretty interesting. So does it, what's it, it has a goat head? What, what head is it? Either a kangaroo, goat, horse, that type of thing. This is just based on pictures oh, okay. I've seen. What's its main primary form of locomotion? Like, does this thing crawl or run or fly or swim? Or Inside, Within sightings, you can find lots of good ones on YouTube, like those fake videos. How do you or, know or, they're fake? Oh, or real, or real, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. usually shown as flying because it has, like, some big bat wings, you know? All right, One of the scariest parts about it. All right. Anyways, let's get right into it. So, the first, our first story, story A, starts inside the 1730s at a place called the Lead House, or the Leeds House, referring to the family that owned it. This was on a, a location known as Moss Hill Road in, you guessed it, New Jersey. Now, one of the main residents of the Reed House, which still remains famous to this day, was named Jane Leeds, more locally known as Mother Leeds. She was known as Mother Leeds because she had 12 children at the time. Dang. I know, right? And when she was pregnant with her 13th child, she was kind of, you know, getting bored with this whole having kids thing. She said she started cursing this child like, man, this child's going to be the devil. Oh, I, the I Jersey it. Devil. So you can probably guess where this is going, given the location and giving that wording. Yeah. Now, all of her friends, for some reason, and her family gathered like around her in her own home because it's 1730s, you know. Yeah. Well, while she was giving birth, and this child, the 13th child, was surprisingly born like as normal. Oh. But <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> I know, yeah, I was disappointed first when, when, you know, looking into this. Yeah. But that was only for a few seconds, however, as it soon turned into what we now know as a Jersey Devil. 
so it kind of just turned into a it, it waited it just fooled them it's like ha i'm a baby like why did he even bother doing that my guess is like he was just he just came out as a baby and then just decided i'm the devil now like he just took his form you so know? the devil curse had like a had a, like a delay basically yeah a delay yeah yeah it's like that that's at least yeah it's, did it instantly grow full size or was it baby size you and know what do you think I, I would guess baby-sized, Okay. that then... doesn't mean it's not scary. Okay, yeah. Anyways, forgot, uh, forgot to mention before, I had one of those devil tails, like little forks at the end, you know? Mm -hmm. And it started hitting everybody, these de devil, this devil tail, not saying any words, as it's a pre pretty much just a beast. Okay. It started screaming and, like, like, screeching, making all, like, the scary noises which people who claim to have seen it still think it makes today. After that, it flew right up the chimney with its bat wings. Dang. Now, after this, there is no, like, real, like, there's no continuation of what happened to this mother, what her 12 children thought of this. But there is a, one theory that she was actually a witch, and Dang. this 13th child's father was the devil. That's just a little, like, added so, lore to it. So, so were they all the other kids? Like, imagine if you're, like, how old were they? Were they, like... Like, was one of them, like, what, like, 12? And he's like, oh, boy, I can't wait to see my new brother. And, he and then he, his brother turns out to be a demon. He finds out his mom's a... He knows his mom's a witch. I mean, would he, he, he know, though? Would he know? I mean, I... I, I, I don't think he would, I, I, guess, I guess witches don't really have, like, cauldrons lying around yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, because there's no Whatever proof. Does, I have no proof of her being a witch. It's just people... The people of Moss Hill Road just thought that. I mean, what if the kids are all weird and they... If, maybe the kids were just demons. They just didn't turn into any. They were just like bad people. Like yeah, I got think of that too. I wonder why the thirteenth. Oh, thirteen isn't that Whoa. like? Whoa. Oh yeah, yeah. This uh, got that, got that. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Well, on to story B. Now, story B actually takes place around the same time in the same area. Still, the some strange time in the seventeen thirties, and at the lead family residence. Now, the thing about this lead family residence is it's a farm. Unlike the first one, which was just, you know, a normal kind of 1730s style house. Okay. Now, the the lead, the father lead. It's, so, it's so a, they're still named the leads. They're still named the okay. leads, yes. But it's inside a this. stupid name. <laughs> it really is, yeah. The thing is, the father lead also has 12 kids. The only difference here is that their mother had passed away years beforehand Ooh, through so some it's sickness. Like, I mean, so it's like spooky. It could be many sicknesses. Okay. And you know, like, he, and keep in mind, like, the first, inside story A, the mother had no husband, and here he has no wife, but at least he had a wife. Okay. Now, because of his wife dying, he became like a, a huge raging alcoholic Frequently beat his kids. Oh, this one's like real. This, is, yeah, like, this, is, real. this could actually happen in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And most importantly, developed a, a huge gambling addiction. He even gambled against his kids sometimes, so that's a small part of the story. Dang, so this is like like this is like an Aesop's fables. The first one's kinda like a religious tale, and this one's almost like got that Aesop's fable. They like, don't gamble and drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was kinda getting that from this. Yeah. But um this farm, you may be wondering, what's he farming? He's farming horses, of course. Now, his kids mainly take care of his horses after their mother had passed away because, you know, their dad is pretty much a, just a useless person now. He's he's pretty awful. But his, their dad still had friends. Now, one one fateful day, he went to go visit his buddy, who knows how many houses down. He started, he was drinking with his friend, and his friend said, 
hey, I bet you can't land this coin. <laughs> Pulls out like an old-fashioned, like, well, I think it was using British currency, so like, you know, those old coins. <laughs> I bet you can't, it was a coin. It was a coin. I bet you can't land this coin. Uh, I bet you can't land this, sh this, uh, what are they even called? Shilling. <laughs> the shilling, yeah. I bet you can't land this shilling on that fence post out there. Now, since he's a gambler, oh, this makes sense. So you can you, you get, you can kind of see where this one's going. Yeah. Now the thing is, I'm not sure how far away this fence post was. I don't know if this was actually a hard thing to land it on. Yeah. But he said, hey, if you do it, I will give you my, one of my horses. Okay. And him being a horse farmer and a gambler, he's like, oh, bonus. Like, that's great. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, he said, oh, what if I lose? His buddy said, well, if you lose, your horse is going to be possessed by the devil. Now, he chuckled, you know, like, well, why would your friend say that? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, I got this, I got this. He, he, yeah. he thought from a joking. I mean, his friend probably yeah. was saying, like, a joking yeah, tone. If, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he'll get a free horse. His friend, his friend also probably had a bunch of horses. Yeah, he probably didn't even care if he lost. He, he didn't even like, care if he yeah, lost. Okay. Yeah, and they were both drunk at this time. Yeah. Now, the Spence post, however far away it was, was, like, you know, in coin-throwing range. He gets his shilling out, his shilling coin, and he throws it. Now, my guess about the story is he's probably drunk at the time, which is yeah. why he maybe missed it. Well, but I think it's hard way, to hit a shilling on a fence post. That, that too, we all that too, yeah. I mean, like, it, it could have been close, that's the thing. It could have been, like, a really close fence post. Okay. I just uh, kind of, to fill that plot hole here. He missed. <laughs> he missed. He missed. And around a week goes by. Yeah. Not just days, not just, not, like, yeah, not just, like, a day or a night. A whole week it goes by. One of his kids, one of his... So this is delayed. Like, the other one was, like, it turned into a Jersey Devil instantly. This one's, like, got... This is, I mean, both were, both, both, both got that cool down. Like, the uh, cool down, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the devil takes time to work, you know? Yeah. Anyways, his youngest son comes to him, and he says, Father, something's wrong with the horse. He goes into the barn to find his horse sprouting wings... Growing a more grotesque humanoid form, not completely. Oh god! Screeching at him, almost oh, wait, like that's a, where the horse hose comes from. Yeah, like, and maybe even the face, because the yeah. face is described as a kangaroo, but who knows? I mean, that kind of looks like a horse. Yeah. Screaming at him, then clopping out of the barn right past them and flying into the night. Wow. And right after that, he quit drinking. He quit gambling. And that's all that's left to this story be. Okay. Well, and then I guess it went off to terrorize people. You know, both those stories are like. Pretty believable. I mean, like you got the religious influence. I mean, they're both they're both fake in a way, but who knows? Yeah, it's just like the real folk story. Um, well, while the audience takes time to uh, guess theirs or the listeners, I guess. I mean, there's pretty good reasoning for both stories, but I'm ultimately going to go with story B because I think it's uh, a little bit spicier. It's got, you know, the gamble. It's got the reason it's got horse hooves. Because story A, I mean, I, the religious thing, I could see that in the 1730s. But yeah, but the, uh, this, the, the, de the devil itself was kind of, like, weirdly specific for coming from that, you know? Yeah, and, like, the horse hooves are at least something. Plus, it's got a good story. So I'm going to go with uh, story B. <clears throat> well, there's many, many versions of how the Jersey Devil came about. But the most popular one is not story B. In fact, in fact, story B is actually none of the ones that I found on Wikipedia while researching. So you made that's the made up one. Yes, yes. Dang. I mean, well, the other true made up one, if that makes sense, yeah. is story A because that is usually the most believed. And actually, the 
the house which apparently this all happened in is actually still there and i was Whoa. like and i mean it, this is just it's very local legend and who knows maybe there's maybe there's lead descendants you see, who like, actually believe this marks. story okay maybe i mean i guess now children. looking back that's a little bit more realistic because like it's it's not as good, but many folktales no, really aren't that great. If you had, if you had to like completely yeah yeah if you had to completely like believe one of these like if you had to look at these as fact, which one would you say like in that case? Not, okay, so we're looking like realism. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean I guess I guess if I was going like realism, I'd go story A because maybe she was like had like a birth defect and she was super mean and then just. I don't know, threw a kid out, and then since that was a h horrible thing to do, she disguised it and said she was the, he was the devil. I don't that's know. That's actually my guess, too, because yeah. the, the weird, like, the imagery of it, like, flying up the chimney shows yeah. it leaved instantly, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking yeah, at that one, too. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, um, that is our two stories for our first ever episode of Oh, You Don't Know. I definitely learned something today, both on uh, tacos and Jersey folklore. And I guess the two messages of the story is Glenn Bell is a, a coward and a fake. Don't eat that Taco Bell. Um, and, and the second uh, moral of the story is don't have 13 kids. Anyways, that concludes our first episode. They're both pretty easy to do. Yeah, yes. Pretty easy rules to avoid. So that concludes our first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And tune in for our second one, whatever that may be, so you can learn some more things um, that you may not have known before. All right. See you next time.